Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghouly Things. Hey, Boo-Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 83. And we are your bootsyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. Lily, that means for 83 days straight, we've heard each other's voices. That's insane. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go through withdrawals after we wrap up the 85th episode. It's definitely not going to be the same. It's not. It's going to be where I'm going to wake up and get ready to my computer at 11 o'clock and be like, oh, we're not recording. Weird. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. But it's okay. I'm still going to harass you through text message, so you can't get rid of me forever. <laughs> you are more than welcome to. All right, boo things. You ready to get started, Lil? Born ready. All right. Let's start us off with something spooky kooky ooky. All right. This one is called Ghost Child Touched My Hand. Ooh. Story time. When I was about 17, I was at my then-girlfriend's house. We were upstairs in her room, and we were called downstairs to go get dinner by her mother. We go outside the room and start walking down the hallway and get to the staircase. At this point, my girlfriend was in front of me, and I put my hand on the corner of the wall at the staircase, and as I am going down, I felt my hand on the—I left my hand on the wall. Next to the staircase, there is a doorway into an office room, which had the lights off and the door open. As my hand is on the wall, I am about two or three steps down the stairway, and I feel something touch my hand. I look over to see a child's arm reaching from within the office room with the lights off. The arm had a long sleeve green shirt on. The hand was touching mine for about three seconds before it slowly slid off and went into the office room. I forgot to mention, but my girlfriend had some family over and they had children in the house. So me being me, I think one of the children is upstairs and they're messing with me. I walk back upstairs, going into the office and flick on the light. No one. I move the door to check behind it. No one. I cannot express the pure adrenaline rush I had while trying to sit calmly afterwards eating dinner. I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Bless you, child. Bless you. Oh, my God. I hate sneezing. (laughs) Anyways. After eating dinner, I talked to my girlfriend and explained what happened. She told me that there was supposedly incidences like this that have occurred to her and her family before. They even had a name for the ghost child who lived in their house. I broke up with her a week later. Fuck (laughs) that. (laughs) The end. That is so funny. That is... Okay, this is like someone actually taking our advice from other episodes where we've talked about possible possession of other significant others, and we just say, break up with them. This person actually broke up. It feels nice to have someone do what we would say for right? a change. I mean, now... It's so refreshing. Now that it's actually happened, I kind of feel bad, but whatever. You know, there's plenty of other fish in the sea, I guess. If my boyfriend breaks up with me after finding out there's a ghost in my house, he is not the one for me. Mm-mm. So, good riddance. There are millions of other people out there that don't have haunted children connected to them. So, get yourself someone that isn't possessed or has a spirit connected to them unless it's a good spirit i don't know maybe the maybe you know what maybe that child spirit was a good spirit it could be it could just have been caressing his hand 
All right, maybe don't follow advice. Scratch everything we've ever said. <laughs> yeah, over hundreds board, of episodes. Don't avoid birds. <laughs> Ignore everything. Befriend an owl, you know. Just kidding. Don't play with Ouija boards. All and right, don't fuck around with owls. Sorry, that was important to put out there. Okay. Um. Let's see. Which one am I gonna do? <laughs> I'll do a haunted house. Something touched me. I was 16 years old. I was staying at my best friend's cousin's, Lisa, house when she was turning 18. Sarah was my best friend and always told me about this family and their paranormal experience, which are extremely scary. Pretty much experiences like possession, which happened in the room that I was staying in. Of course it did. Oh, great. So the night before the party, we went to bed. Their bed was a bunk bed. Sarah and I were sleeping on top, and Lisa and her sister were on the bottom bunk. During the night, I woke up to something holding my ankle. My legs were out of the bed sheets. It was too light to be a physical human's grip. I moved my legs slightly, and I could still feel the pressure of something holding on. And very lightly, I felt something trying to tug me down the bed. It was too weak to actually be able to move me, but I could still feel it trying to. I then yanked my my leg back and pulled the bed sheets back over my legs. Nothing happened after that, and I fell back asleep, surprisingly. What do you think this was? The end. Yeah, so they're sleeping in a room where possession took place, and something starts, like, yanking at their ankles? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hell no! I'd sleep on the couch. Uh, I would be sleeping anywhere except that house. True. Just avoid the whole house. Just yeah, just throw away the whole house at that point. If you're gonna, you know what? We're gonna keep giving advice. Uh, yeah, just throw away the house. You know, it's just not. It's just not Who worth needs it. it. I'm sorry. If there's a possession in that room, a possession. In yeah, I'd be that like, oh, room. I can't stay the night. I really gotta get home. My uncle's answer is my uncle's answers. <laughs> my uncle's aunt's hamster is in town. I'm yeah, I'm sorry. Can't you know what? Can we just rain check that? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. If there's any sort of possession in any sort of part of a house, I don't care how cleansed it is. There will always be some sort of dark energy connected to that room. Yeah, and I can never yeah. I can never. <sighs> Eebie-jeebie-eebies. Okay. <laughs> Lily, what's your next story? All right. This is a good one. It is called White Dress Lady. Of course. I saw the title and I was like, yep, copy-paste for <laughs> the episode. One day, as me and my three-year-old son were home, we got an unexpected visitor. My son was in the living room watching cartoons and I was in the kitchen cooking our lunch. Our kitchen has two entrances, one that leads to our dining table slash living room and the other leads to our hallway where our bedrooms are. As I'm cooking, I see a five foot five woman in a white dress. I didn't see her face, only managed to see her back walking towards my grandma's room. I shit you not. I lost it, but tried to compose myself. Mind you, I'm with my son. My son immediately gets up and asks me, mommy, did you see the scary monster? Oh. He kind of started laughing nervously. And in my head, I was like, fuck no. Not only did I see it, but so did my little one. Guess I'm a coward because I turned off the stove and decided to wait on my boyfriend to get home as my son and I played with his chalk outside. Creepy <laughs> experience. Side note. I think the lady could have been my grandma's best friend who passed away. They had a friendship of 40 plus years and she passed away one month before that incident. 
But the thing that disturbed me was my son referring to it as a monster. Thanks for reading. The end. Yeah, I don't like how the son referred to it as a monster because it makes me believe that even though this woman saw it as a human, a human spirit, maybe it was disguising itself as a human to the adult. But yeah, kids dis- are a little more in tune. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I, I don't like that. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know how close the grandmother's best friend was to the whole family. Yeah. But my first reaction wouldn't be like, my grandmother's best friend was coming to visit me. I feel like that's that like a sense. little bit of a stretch. But then again, I can't, I can't judge because I don't know these people personally. But um, yeah, I, I would listen to my son and... If it's a, if it's something that sounds monstrous, yeah, I'm gonna be saging and salting the shit out of that whole place. All right, so my next story is titled "My Cat Is Terrified About Something." So my cat is usually a happy and confident kitty. He adjusts to new situations with relative ease, other than riding in the car to go to the vet. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> he is cuddly during the morning and night. He is far too busy to cuddle in the afternoon because that's the time to eat and play. So tonight he was sleeping on my lap like normal, and the lights flicker, and all of a sudden he bolts. He is acting like he was electrocuted. He tentatively wa- wanders back, and he peeks fearfully under the bed he usually likes to hide under the bed when he's frisky and playing but now refuses to enter the room we can pick him up no problem but crossing the threshold of the room claws come out my fiance came home he noticed the room was freezing and got goosebumps i only noticed the difference in temperature after leaving the room and returning five minutes later the feeling was gone but my cat remains terrified he usually joins us to sleep on the bed but i don't think that will be happening anytime soon thoughts maybe i'm just paranoid maybe cat just doesn't like the new pillowcases sorry if i'm being ridiculous just weirded out and would like some advice the end huh a sudden cold in the room is definitely alarming that's yeah that's a big common sign that you hear of spirits Mm-hmm. and I, I don't get why this would have happened out of nowhere especially since um this doesn't seem like they're brand new to this place, so maybe maybe something got kicked up, and now the cat is acknowledging that there's a dark spirit in the house, and it does not want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, maybe something followed this person or the fiancé home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... That's, that's weird. Always listen to your pets. Always follow their body language, because they can see things that we can't. Yeah, they know. Mm-hmm. All right, Lily, what's your next story? All right. As a guide in the castle from the 16th century in France, I have seen things I can't explain. I've been a guide in a castle built from a cave. It was between 2006 and 2011. Sometimes people would tell me after the tour that they felt something unusual, like a cold breeze or a hand on their shoulders. I also had colleagues saying they saw white smoky figures when the night came. I didn't believe it. I am a very down-to-earth person, and for me, it was folklore. However, this place was creepy for sure. Imagine a medieval house which is partly built and partly rock. Like a big castle cave with small rooms full of armors, taxidermied animals and hunt trophies, antlers, skulls, torture instruments, you name it. For three years, I I didn't see anything. Sometimes I had to stay late in the castle to remove the decorum used on special exhibits and most of the time I was on my own 
one night, I just closed the visitor's hallway like I always did when I was on afternoon shift. Heading back to the main corridor, I had the feeling someone was looking at me from a distance. On my right, there was a small room with a huge fireplace. It was pitch black in this room, but I'm 100% positive I saw a silhouette in the dark. I was scared as hell, but I went to check, and I saw it kind of folding on itself and disappearing just like that. I quickly forgot that episode, telling myself I was tired and imagined things. One summer, I believe it was in August, it was so hot we used to open the windows and I had to close them around 8 p.m. I was on the second floor when I heard a loud noise coming from the room above. The window had closed 20 minutes before. The window I had closed 20 minutes before was now open and a mannequin was bouncing like if someone just pushed it. Ugh. The most crazy thing happened two months before I quit. The last tour of the day was weird. A woman said she wanted to leave because, quote, someone is getting angry, end quote. Ooh. I thought she was talking about someone touring with us, so I didn't pay attention. This very day before I quit, someone knocked on the door of the tickets office. That was surprising because the owner never came after 2 p.m., and the last hour was two hours ago. So for sure, it wasn't a tourist who lost something and came back to collect it. When I opened the door, mildly confident, I saw a white figure floating down the stairs. It went up very quickly and disappeared into the ceiling. When I told my colleagues, they said it was about time I saw it. Last year, I came back with my wife for a visit because she didn't know this place. I was hoping to see or feel something, but no. A guide who worked with me at the time told me now that they're hearing cries on the first floor, always past 7 p.m. The end. Mm. I mean, I feel like it kind of comes with the territory of being in a castle from the 16th century. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's going to be ghosts. There's going to be spirits. There's going to be activity. All different types, too. I mean, residual, intelligent, dark spirits, um, good spirits. Uh, yeah. Possible demonic spirits, maybe? Perhaps, question mark? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't go into a castle and think you're not going to experience something possibly spooky kooky ooky. Yeah. I would love to visit a castle. Have you ever visited a castle? Uh, I've been to Cinderella Castle in Disney World. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can count that. We can count that one. I'm yeah, thinking, it's all of like fifty years old. <laughs> a whopping fifty years old. I mean, it's <laughs> funny though you say that because we look at buildings here in the United States that say, like, like in New Jersey, for example, there are some historical landmarks that are from like the 1700s yeah. that they keep the buildings up because George Washington went through them and they were like on the Civil War trail or whatever it was. And we're like, wow, that's so old. That's so historic. And then you go to a country like Italy where they still have buildings that are still up from the year five. You yeah. know, like it's, it's like what we think is old is not even comparable to like European or Egyptian buildings. And that also leads to me to my next question of how some buildings that we see built now are just so poorly built and like are easily destructed compared to these buildings that have been up for hundreds and hundreds of years that are still standing strong. Yeah, you strong. really wonder what was done differently that these buildings have survived all of this. These storms, these hurricanes. Yeah, these... it's nuts. 
And I mean, obviously yeah. they do like upkeep and stuff, but the fact that the structural, like the foundation of these old buildings are still up amazes me. And they didn't yeah, even have really, had the technology. It's truly amazing. It, it's nuts. It's nuts. If you guys haven't visited Europe or, I mean, I would love to go visit Egypt as well. Um, just to see like the pyramids and how that was built with, I mean, it was all manpower of just hands moving and moving on these blocks and I can't even um, I'm, I'm building the shoe rack and my back hurts and I've been doing it for like two hours like, are you kidding me I would never my be able to survive that time my seventh grade science teacher thinks that aliens built the pyramids that is an ancient alien episode I, I did see something like that there's a lot of theories out there that aliens helped you know build the pyramids which I can't I can't knock I mean yeah, right? I was thinking, like, you, you can't really discount that that much. We've talked about a lot like crazy. We were around. It's not like, you know, the slaves who built it have alibis or anything. And the, and the hieroglyphics and the different artwork that people have found in, like, ruins and stuff have shown things that come from the skies above. I mean, obviously, you know, they had their myths and legends and things like that. But some of it does kind of correlate with the theory of aliens and extraterrestrial life so we've talked about crazier on the show so i can't knock it i really can't knock yeah. it because i do believe in aliens so it's just like where are they now helping us build shit uh they're just sitting back and watching us as a reality show like a really trashy reality show yes true yes, yes. like yo have you seen the america episode of 2020 oh my god this is the best season <laughs> this is such a good season <laughs> i don't know how they're gonna top it with 2021 did you see, okay so now sorry before i get into my story i just saw this tiktok and it was a girl that was explaining that i guess the georgian the georgian calendar the way that we like we've changed the calendar it's actually where like it's 8 years we're 8 years ahead of what the original georgian calendar says so technically we're in 2012 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that there is a difference because uh, when the calendar and the Mayan calendar, too, they didn't have daylight savings or leap years. Mm -hmm. So this could be our 2012 a significant difference. I don't know if it's going to be eight years or if people are just saying that. Yeah, people could just be saying that to scare people. But I just found it very interesting because this just proves that like the, the time is just a social concept, like the way that we see 24 hours and things like that. It really is. And, like, also, did you know, I learned this because my mom, like, knows everything in the world there is to know, that the two-day weekend was, like, a result of, like, World War Two. Really? Yeah, or World War One or something like that. Why, were people working more? Yeah, people were working six days a week. They only had Sundays off. Oh, my God. And now in Sweden, people are working, like, four days and then they have three days off, and they're working reduced hours. See, everyone needs to be like Sweden. Everyone needs to be like European countries that reduce the amount of hours, have good vacation pay, good maternal and paternal leave. Uh, you know, we just need to be more like Sweden and Norway and all those nice countries. Just say. Yeah, have you ever seen Swedish prisons? I have not. Are they nice? Yes. Huh. I'll well, send you a picture. You know what? We will make a ghost tour to Sweden, get into some spooky, kooky, ooky trouble, and then we'll just, our our stay will be sponsored by the Sweden prisons because we will get ourselves yes. jailed there. All right. 
My next story is titled, This Happened About an Hour Ago. So I'm located in Orlando, and it's 5 a.m. I'm still freaking out on the corner of my bed while my husband and son sleep next to me. Son's in his crib, though. I woke up to my dog growling and boofing, that kind of pre-bark boof sound, like the boof. Oh, yeah, boof. Loki's starting to do that now. And I lifted my head to say shush, thinking it was a sound she heard or something. I open my eyes, and I see it. A figure about six feet tall, average muscle build, all black, just standing there at the corner of the bed, staring down at me. Naturally, I jumped, woke the entire room up, and the figure disappeared in a blink of the eye. Hubs didn't see him. Baby was just kind of, what the fuck, crying. And Puppo <laughs> Puppo immediately stopped growling and boofing. So now here we are, panicking and wishing the damn sun would come up. Both Hubs and Baby went back to sleep, so I'm here all alone looking for an explanation. The end. So, logically, we could say this was a a very typical case of sleep paralysis, right? Yeah. But the fact that even the dog was acknowledging the spirit makes me think that this isn't just sleep paralysis, a figment of the imagination. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is real. And I feel like what this person saw, especially with like the dog and the baby like it's just backup yeah yeah they can say they say things we can't see i swear by i am stern in my beliefs yeah they they i don't know if necessarily they even know that they can see things we can't see yeah like they're probably like dude what the fuck why aren't you freaking out you see it right there it's clear as day (laughs) didn't you see the monster oh poor babies All right, what's your next story, Lil? All right, my next story is called, I've told this story a lot, I feel you all would appreciate this. And it's a little longer, so here we go. Straw wrapping. This story goes back to 2013. I was newly initiated into a college fraternity fraternity in southern New Jersey. (laughs) Hey! I mean, South Jersey versus North Jersey, but still, New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey. (laughs) and eight roommates and myself moved into a very large and old house the house was built in 1827 and used to be a doctor's office which also served as the doctor's primary residence the layout of the house itself was very odd to say the least and had somewhat of a funhouse effect to it it overall gave off a really creepy vibe from the get-go the first encounter was actually the first night i moved into the house i was sound asleep in the middle of the night somewhere between 2 and 5 a.m I heard someone walking up a set of stairs that led directly into my room. I sat up in bed expecting somebody to walk into my room and, to my astonishment, there was a shadow man in the middle of my room. He walked across my room, turned, and walked straight into my closet. My friend then appeared through the doorway of my room. The shadow man was almost silver and had somewhat of a haze to his outline. Besides this, I have only seen my grandmother's spirit, so this was surprising to me. Little did we know this would kick off about a month of bizarre activity. My friend would typically see a man in a suit in the downstairs of our house late at night. He never said anything or did anything, but he would appear as clear as day. My other roommate was woken up by the man in the suit and said he sent an electrical current through his entire body and he could not get out of bed. This may be a case of sleep paralysis, but he 
described the man in the suit and it matched up with my friends very clearly. The apex of the activity was quite terrifying. Being young and dumb, my friend played with a spirit board in the attic of our house. Oh, genius. What could possibly go <laughs> wrong? Um, all of our roommates were not moved into the house yet, so there were many empty rooms upstairs with no furniture and just wide open spaces. After playing with the spirit board, they left the room and went to shut the door. The last person leaving the room claimed to see the spirit of a woman rocking in a rocking chair as he shut the door. As he stopped in horror, the door was ripped out of the wall and contorted in a way that it looked like a bodybuilder tried to tear it off the wall. Two other people witnessed this, and I saw their reactions, all of their faces pale white like they just saw a ghost. The door was secured firmly. It looks like a very strong force ripped this thing out of the wall. Fast forward about a week. I had a coworker that had a ghost hunting team. Long story short, she and her team came to my house because of all the experiences we had, and they found nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing. From that point, the activity died down for a few months. Months later, we would have small experiences, but nothing as significant as what I described above. We would hear footsteps coming up sets of stairs, and nobody would appear at the top of the flight of stairs. From outside, I saw a shadow man standing in the window exactly where my bed was, and it was at torso height as if it was standing through my bed. I have also heard breathing in my room when nobody else was home. I investigated it and could not find the source of the heavy breathing. We lived in that house from September to May. I always wonder if the people who lived there prior or after had similar experiences to us. I hope you all enjoyed the story. I was always a solid believer in the paranormal, but this proved it for me. The end. I feel like the spirit is kind of... It's very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Because it's making itself known to the author of this encounter story. But yeah. I find it very funny how the spirit's selective of once the ghost investigative team comes in and they're like, nope, I'm not making myself known. I'm not having evidence being placed yeah. in camera or EVP. Um, so do you think that this is, do you think this is a spirit that's connected to the person or do you think that this is something that's just residing there. I think like it's residing in the house because it seemed fairly comfortable there. It seemed to know the layout of the house. Uh-huh. And I feel like, I mean, if this is like a big house like that people are renting out, there's probably a lot of people coming and going. So it's hard for a spirit to settle down when there's constant change. Yeah. It's like that one friend you have that cycles through boyfriends all the time <laughs> and by the time you remember the boyfriend's name and everything about him, she breaks up with him and is on to the next. My next story is titled, The Devil on the Ceiling, dot, 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 or me. I know the title might sound a bit confusing, but it will make sense as you read on. I've posted a few days ago about my first paranormal experience that stuck with me, and I also mentioned in said post that I've had a second one, which may or may not have a logical explanation. So, here it goes. July 2018, I was in bed next to my ex. I fell asleep while he was playing some Candy Crush type of game on his phone. Months later in December of the same year, he confessed that he had turned around to face me and he freaked the fuck out. Why? In his words, it was your body, but not your head. It looked like a devil goat head. He said he stared for five to ten minutes before turning the lights on. 
Oh, God. oh my God. Okay, now I kind of understand why that's your ex. Okay, November 2018. <laughs> November 2018. It was about 11 p.m. My ex went to sleep because he was supposed to work in the morning. I was watching makeup v- review videos in bed. Upon locking and wanting to put the iPad away, I saw a devilish figure with a goat-like head hanging from a ceiling beam. I literally rubbed my eyes a couple of times, started shaking, and pulled the covers over my head. I never revealed this to my ex, not even after he told me about his experience. I kept telling myself that it was all a mix of bad lighting and tired eyes, which is why it happened. However, I can't figure out why we had a similar vision. I should mention that neither of us did drugs or was on medication. We were a bit stressed out because of moving houses in September of the same year and trying to make things work between us. Looking forward to hearing your guys' take on this weird experience. The end. Huh. And so this person also noted at the end that nothing else weird happened in that house. But other people that have visited their place have mentioned feeling tired and drained of energy. Okay, so that's definitely a sign right there. Something dark as fuck is living in that place with you. And they said goat head? A goat, yeah, so it seems very, like, satanic, very, yeah, just some some sort of devilish activities going on there. Because I associate that with, um, like, I definitely associate that with some demonic practice when you see goat heads and, like, a human yeah, body with a goat head. from a goat head. No! If it's not on a goat body, I don't want it. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what happened in this house that caused the spirit to kind of be around. I wonder if you like look under the floorboards if there's like a pentagram or like if you Ooh. look in the basement if there's any evidence of any satanic practices, any dark black magic. Juicy. I love it. I'm here for the tea. Yes, aren't we all? Sipping on my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Sipping on gin and juice. Laid back with my mind on my spirits and my spirits on my mind. Follow Lily on SoundCloud. (laughs) All right, Lily, what's your last story? All right. Glitch that made us go back in time and redo our car drive. Reappearing cat. Someone please read. We need answers. Okay, so this sounds crazy. But a couple of friends and I were out of town, and suddenly, out of nowhere, all of us got the urge to leave where we were staying. Keep in mind, this is a trip we have gone on multiple times before. We ended up starting our three-hour drive home, and a series of bad things started to happen. Our regular gas station, which is typically open 24 hours, was closed, stranding us with no gas. The local police department could not help us because they said that their gas station was out of gas, and after waiting on... Uh, after waiting an hour on triple a to arrive they call us back saying that they cannot help us either after three hours we finally managed to find someone with gas who was willing to help now this is where it gets weird for background the area we were staying was a very secluded area nothing for miles cabin in the woods type of place After leaving the house we were staying at originally, a very distinct orange and white house cat walked in front of our car. About 10 miles later, a baby red fox also had crossed our path. In that moment, we said we should be getting home around 1.30 a.m. After receiving just enough gas to get us to the closest gas station that was open, we had to go the same direction from which we came. What was weird about this trip was that it was essentially the exact same car ride we had leaving the place we were staying, except in reverse. 
after driving about five miles, one of us said, oh, look at the time, it's 1.30. We thought we would be getting home at this time. In that moment, the exact same baby red fox had crossed in front of our car from the opposite direction. 10 miles after that, we had the exact same distinct orange and white house cat walk in front of our car from the opposite direction. We are now feeling extremely anxious and immediately feel like this isn't real life. It felt like a time warp. We get gas as usual, filling the tank so we can make it home. We officially start our drive home and start joking around saying, what if that cat is back? And without a doubt, 30 minutes later, the orange and white house cat was waiting on the side of the road, literally staring at us. We couldn't believe that this same cat appeared for the third time. <laughs> that was when we all simultaneously felt as if we had traveled back in time or missed time and there was some sort of glitch in the matrix. It's been two days since, and all three of us who were there still have a very unsettling, confused, disoriented feeling. The end. I love a good glitch in the matrix story. Right? Oh, God, I love these stories, because it's interesting. I've never, you know, obviously I've seen the matrix, but now actually reading people's personal accounts it really does make you think that this crazy theory may not be so crazy. Yeah, it really makes you question reality, but kind of in, like, a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Ugh. It's weird. It's weird to think that, like, our lives could be controlled by somebody and we don't even know it. Or, like, yeah. everyone around us is being controlled so that we do certain things because that's the way the simulation's supposed to go. Like, all of us feed off of each other's actions, and everything we do is actually done with a purpose without even knowing it's done with a purpose. Yeah. Weird. I feel like it's only a matter of time until I experience my own personal glitch in the Matrix, and I kind of can't wait. I, I, I feel like I've experienced the glitch in the Matrix, but maybe... Mm -hmm. It was such a profound experience that people in black came down and erased my memory of the glitch in the matrix. And now I'm Ooh, left I with like this it. foggy feeling that I've experienced it, but don't know exactly what I experienced. <sighs> that was my mind blowing up behind the, behind the microphone. Yeah, my mind is pretty blown right now. All right. We're getting so existential, I can't. I, can't. I, love, I love it. I definitely, once we go back to our weekly episodes, we should definitely do an episode of just all glitches in the Matrix. Yes. I feel like, did we do one already? I feel like we did, I, I feel like we did one, but we can always do it, like, delve into more research and stuff. We can always do a part two. We always love, I mean, I love so many different topics that we've already discussed that I just want to keep talking about them in more, in more depth. So, yeah. If we, if I'm pretty sure we've, I, and I think we had a witty title to it too. I just, we've done now at this point over a hundred episodes. That's including like the quarantine spooky story specials. So, um, yeah, I lose track, but we'll definitely do a part two if we've already recorded a matrix episode. If you or someone you know has a glitch in the matrix story, email us at podcast at gmail.com. I was getting so nervous when you were saying at because I was so, I was scared that you were going to make me do it. And I was like, that's not my job. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do it. Okay. My last story is titled Jumping Painting. 
Okay. So for reference, so I used to sleep in my living room on a couch that would turn into a bed once you pulled the other half from underneath the couch. It was like an Ikea couch bed. About 7.6 feet times 4.7 feet. I once it's in the bed form. So the couch wasn't comfy, so I'd sleep on the thin foam mattress that would take up half the couch bed space. The couch was up against a wall with big flower paintings about four to five feet apart, hanging on the wall with pretty heavy frames. One painting above my head and another above my feet. The paintings were portrait style, so longer length than width. Okay, so here's the story. My sister came out to the living room one morning, singing, screaming, just being obnoxious. It woke me up, and I tried to go back to sleep, but was irritated. She finally goes back to her room, and I knew I wouldn't go back to sleep, so I just laid on my side with my eyes closed. About 30 seconds later, there was a loud bang, and a gust of wind slaps my back. I tensed up and slowly turned around to see the painting, the one hanging above my head, laying next to me. The, paint, the paintings have fallen on me before, but luckily, it was always the one hanging above my feet. It's happened twice. But the weird thing about this third time is that it didn't fall on top of me like the other times. Instead, it fell and landed next to me besides the foam mattress, the other side of the couch slash bed, on the edge of the couch. So jumping 4.7 feet to the edge where before it didn't move and landed on top of me. I sleep on my side and right up to the wall or close to it. Also, it didn't land face down like the other times. This time, it turned 90 degrees. Also, it felt like someone had dropped the painting next to me since there was so much air that hit me. And the other times I landed on top of me, there was no wind. Probably since it hit me. But the thing is, is the painting landed straight-edged. Not gonna lie, it scared me a little, but got over it in a minute. So, yeah, that's the story. I'd really like to know what you guys think. Any logical reasoning as to how this could have occurred is also welcomed. I just can't figure out how the painting could have jumped towards the edge of the couch, turned 90 degrees, completely straight-edged. Thanks. Yeah, I have no explanation for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I get a little iffy because there have been accounts of the paintings falling off the walls before. So it makes you think that maybe the sister screaming and yelling and singing, the vibrations could have, you know, caused it to fall off and just been a little delayed. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that it fell off and the feeling of, like, the air breezing past the person, like, on their back, and the way it landed just seems a little too odd. Yeah. Like that, that it just doesn't seem it, it seems like there's so much conditional uh I don't want to say evidence, but so much conditional like explanation for all these individual things. Yeah. But they don't all flow together. No, like the puzzle pieces definitely don't connect. Uh it definitely yeah. doesn't seem like a natural a natural occurrence. So just something to think about. Um, you know. Something to leave your brain thinking. At the conclusion of this episode of Just Gluing Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 83. Uh, so, Lily, do you have anything to wrap us up with? Don't play with Ouija boards. We had another Ouija board story today. I think that the next two episodes we have, I have a feeling we're going to have even more Ouija board encounters. Because people just still don't get the message. Stop it's playing with these like damn Ouija boards. It's almost like we aren't licensed to give advice. Right? You're acting as if I went to school for four years to get a degree in business administration or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
What? You're acting as if I dropped out of college. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, so thank you again, Boo Things, for listening to Just Ghouly Things. Um, and let's get started with the socials where you can follow and stalk us. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Willie Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast.gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.